Mmm, that's good. Welcome to Digital Coffee, where, you know, I give you everything you need to know about tech news while you're just sipping a cup of coffee. It's like I'm sitting right across from you. But but I'm not. You're you're listening to me on my podcast, which thank you, by the way. Anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, so let's get on with it. Alright, looks like Apple, well, it may not actually be uh, making a smart car. Yeah, or self-driving car. Smart and self-driving at the same time. Because we don't... No one really wants a dumb car. That's what we have now. Uh, but yeah, it looks like uh, their plans are about to ditch it. Uh, and not actually make it in general. But make uh, things that will help it uh, do the self-driving part of it. So they still want to be in the plans for actually doing it. They just don't actually want to make the car. Because it looks like it's not been going well for them on that front. Because they've been moving, shifting people around, going, you go here, you go here. Well, we don't need you, Bob. I'm sorry. So I'm going to have to, you know, ask you to leave. I know this is awkward. And if you're Bob or Robert that's listening to it, um, I I still like you. Uh, But anyways... Uh, yeah, it looks like it's it's doing that. It looks like it's not really going very well for Apple on that front. I mean, they still have their uh, amp, their their uh, operating system that goes in their car as well, but for specifically for the self-driving part of it, it looks like they're just not finding the right way of doing it or finding the best way of doing it. So um, you may not see an Apple car ever. With the sleek design and the magical way it just rolls off the show floor or rolls down your driveway into into the the mailbox, because because dumb cars do that, but smart cars no or self-driving cars, unless they malfunction, which. Well, it should be interesting to see if this actually works out or not. I mean, you never really know with this, but they're figuring it out. Anyways, all joking aside, it should be interesting to see what's going on. You have them working on it. You have Microsoft potentially working on it. You have Google working on it. You have NVIDIA working on it as well. You have Tesla, too. So you have a lot of different things going on at the same time. So like I said, it should be interesting to see what's going on with that. I'll let you know when you know more things are actually going. But that's really about what's going on. Yes. All right. Um, I mean, I really want to talk about this because it's well weird and interesting at the same time. So Pornhub, the popular porn site that well allows people to surf porn, uh, has seen a huge increase in clown porn. Yeah, because of everything that's been going on with the news about clowns rampaging the United States and doing things they shouldn't be doing. Uh, now people are like, "Ooh, I really want to see this." So, it looks like from uh, October 3rd is where we saw the rise in, or what they saw, I should they I don't have anything to do with Pornhub, but what they saw is the uptick started October 3rd, and it kind of went a little bit down about October 6th, and then 7th, it really went up again, and then it's kind of fallen a little bit, but around that time of October 7th to October 9th, is when it really hit its peak. And the interesting part is is that women were 33% more likely to search for clowns than men. So, ladies, you have some explaining to do because that's just that, that's just weird, man. 
it's really weird. Um, but the clown searches were clown porn, clown girl, uh, clowns, clown sex, crazy clowns, sexy clowns, scary clowns, kill, killer clown. Um, why do you want to be searching for that? All the way down to clown fart and clown feet. Why? Oh, God, people are weird. I'm not gonna lie, it's just really weird. But the other interesting part about it is the terms most often searched before clowns was circus, uh, Jogolette, Harley Quinn, face paint, Palazzo, Mimi, Ronald McDonald, uh, Kidzy, Zombie, Halloween, Midget, Juggalotto, Sex Circus. And fart and scary. So those were all the popular search terms, and it's oddly enough that Harley Quinn's in there. But she was made popular by Suicide Squad, even though she was on video games and the Batman animated series prior to that as well. But yeah, people are weird, and 33% more women search clowns than men. I don't know. I thought guys were weird, but ladies, I think you're starting to uh, surprise me on your weirdness. But yeah, there you go. It's all out there. I know. It's kind of like I just want to go home again. Anyways, moving on to Google and Google Flights specifically. So Google has updated Google Flights to allow you to see, well, when uh, ticket rates for planes are going to skyrocket. So it will alert you saying that it will likely increase in uh, prices in this many amounts of days. Uh, by historically looking at past data. So you can, well, you know, do your impulse buying for, you know, going on a trip or make sure you plan it out and make sure you buy it at the least or uh, best possible time as well. So there's that. I kind of like where it's going with this. Uh, they also updated for hotels to find uh, underpriced or underrated hotels. You can find the best prices for maybe those hotels that you may not actually know about are probably under, underpriced or underrated for that as well. So you can probably, with this, probably find a reasonable uh, vacation for you that you won't be like nail biting because you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay for my cell phone bill, my phone, my car, food. I've been living off ramen for four months. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you should look at this. There's other great apps as well. I like Hopper as well for that. It will give you actual a uh, calendar and kind of give you a little bit colors on the days, the best times to or the best days to purchase on a specific month and the worst times going from uh, green all the way to red, which means don't buy it then because you're going to be paying for it. Uh, but yeah. And this is updated. So I would use it in conjunction with Google Flights and Hopper, maybe a couple other ones, and kind of seeing the best prices you can get for that. But I do like this update. This update actually looks pretty good uh, for just, you know, us people that just want to go on vacation and want to spend a lot of money. Hey, you can always dream. I love dreaming. The dreamers. We always dream in. All right, moving on to Facebook and 360 photos. That's right, Facebook has allowed you to do 360 photos for a little bit, and it's kind of been a little bit cumbersome to actually do it. Um, but with this update, allows you to you know pick which one you want to start off with, so it actually looks magical instead of looking like oh that's boring. Why do I want to click on that? So it will actually allow you to do that. Um, 
which I think is great because usually that first photo will be determining on if people want to look at it or not. So actually being able to choose choose it once you select your 360 photo and choosing which one you want to start off first is always the great sign of showing off the best of the content in general, unless it's just really boring in general, so like a science symposium. Actually, no, those are actually fun. Um, I don't know. I was just, you know, maybe a doctor's appointment, which I don't know why you'd be 360 that, but, you know, people are weird. I mean, I just talked about clown porn on Pornhub's data. So, yeah, that, that yeah. Yeah, there's that. But yeah, I do like this. I do like that it will allow you to actually choose uh, which uh, photo to actually start off with and then move on from there. Because that's the only way this is this is actually going to make 360 photos actually work. Uh, which, it's just a small update, but it's a powerful update. Power. Also, there's other news on, on the Messenger side. Uh, future updates will have a uh, data saver mode. Now, Messenger is kind of a data hog for your phone, and the bad thing is, is with that, is that you could go over your data cap, especially for your mobile phone, depending on what carrier you have. So, Verizon notoriously will make you pay quite a bit for overages. AT&T as well. T-Mobile's lenient, and Sprint some has some pretty good deals for that. So, the only major two that you always have to watch is AT&T and Verizon. The V, because they're no, I don't, I don't have anything for that. But um, moving on, uh, for this, it allows you to turn on. Now, this is only for Android beta version. So if you have an Android phone, you have to sign up through the beta to actually get this. What you do is you go into the settings and turn it on. And what it will do is that it will kind of allocate only for text. Well, it will actually load normally, but for photos and videos, it'll only download when you actually click on it. So you're not, you know spending a lot of data for it. Um, but the thing is, is when you get back onto uh, Wi-Fi, uh, it will not be used at all. This is only for cellular connections. So if you're on Wi-Fi, well, and you have data caps, which is actually notoriously happening as well, I'm sorry, can't help you out there. You're just gonna have to bite the bullet somewhere. Uh, but usually data caps are a little bit more lenient on, uh, you know, just uh, internet connections, which I am always opposed of. I think it's a dumb idea, but, well, we have lit not very many good competition. This is what happens. But anyways, it will also tell you how much estimated mobile data is actually saved as well, which is also another great thing. So, in general, this is just going to be good for you, especially for those that have small data caps and just need to watch their data usage. This will probably be the best thing for you because photos and videos are always the biggest thing. Music is as well, but if you're on T-Mobile, you get a little bit more leniency on that than AT&T and Verizon. Yeah, I feel for you on, on those two networks. Verizon may be the best, but it sucks and, uh, you know, data overages. They're notoriously bad. They're really bad. That's why I left them a while ago. Anyways, moving on. Razer has acquired THX, and you're wondering, what? wait, who? Well, uh, it was a little bit more popular, or it was a little bit more well-known, kind of in the 90s, as being kind of the bona fide way of saying, hey, this theater has really good sound quality. 
Uh, it was created by George Lucas. Yes, that George Lucas. The one that made your childhood great, and then with the prequels for some of you made it terrible, or eh, okay, depending on who you are. Um, but he created it because he wanted to make sure that at least the sound quality, but also video quality assurances was the best. So it actually did both, but usually you would know by the sound quality, but it actually would do video quality, and he, and he made it when he was filming, or yeah, filming uh, Return of the Jedi at the time. So. 1983, I think it was. Uh, so that's who started it, and then it's been kind of bounced around a few different companies. Uh, Creative Technologies was owned a significant portion in about 2002, but uh, after that, it kind of uh, didn't, and so Razor actually bought it because, well, George Lucas sold off his company to Disney, and now Disney. Well, it's making a lot of Star Wars now. It went from very little Star Wars to Star Wars every year. And I'm like, wow, is this like the Call of Duty of um, movies? Because uh, it feels like it. Uh, but anyways, um, so that's how it is. It's going to be interesting to see what Razer is going to do. Because Razer is most known for making uh, hardware for gaming. Specifically mice and keyboards. And so this is an interesting way. What it's going to do is it's going to leave it as its own uh, kind of company, more of an LLC, and just keep the leadership as it is, kind of spin it off that way to, well, probably gain some revenue and not really touch it, which might be the best way of doing it for now. Uh, maybe in the future they might actually just uh, acquire them fully and bring them under the Razor, uh, you know, brand. Uh, but right now they're going to spin it off as being kind of an LLC or limited liability company, you guys didn't know what that was, and do it that. Also, uh, Razer has acquired before, prior to this, uh, Oweo, Oweo, it's O-U-Y-A, uh, sorry if I mispronounce it, but they were, uh, they were a console maker that was trying to make apps like the console, and you would, you know, free trial it, but just never really took off. It was in Target for a while, but they did not do very well, and uh, Razer bought them. So yeah, that's what it is. It should be interesting. I This this is like left field type of thing where I'm like, wait, how does that... Eh, I guess it makes a little sense, but not too much. A little sense, but not, but not too much. Just, just a little. Also, one more thing for Facebook and Messenger is that this... And I wanted to separate this a little bit. Uh, is that it is making a conversation topic feature on it. So, in that, and this is really only being tested on a small subset of users, so you may actually not see this. But what it does is that it says conversation starters is someone visiting uh, a specific place, or Grand Canyon, or Arizona, or someplace like that. And this is how you start conversations, because, you know, we don't know how to do that anymore. We're like, oh, how do I, do I say hi? Is that weird? Is that too normal? Um, but yeah, because, you know, you can't come do conversation starters with your own friends apparently anymore. But yes, uh, Facebook is testing out conversation starters through Messenger to kind of, you know, help the conversation get started. What? Yeah, conversation starter. No more icebreakers. Because those, those get awkward sometimes, to be honest with you. But yeah, so um, if you have a friend you haven't talked to in a while, you're like, I don't want to talk to him. Like, or you have a friend that you actually like, and you're like, well, what do I say? I just want to talk to him. 
he or she, and I'm not saying that as a you know non-binary gender, but he or she, because it could be he wants to talk to her or she wants to talk to him, uh, well, you just really want to talk to them, because they're so fun to talk to online, because you never see each other, because that would be silly. Uh, but yeah. So if you have a hard time starting up conversations, this could be a great thing for you. Or if you just really just want to troll conversations, I guess. You really wouldn't be trolling, would you? Because they would know who you are. But yeah, if you if you just don't know how to do it, this could be a really good thing for you. Yay! For conversations! Alright, Acer has uh, unveiled a new Chromebook. Yes, Chromebooks, and I actually highly recommend Chromebooks because they're actually pretty good. Uh, they are inexpensive. They, well, are starting to be uh, kind of you know tied closely with Android, which is another good thing. So you can start eventually start using Android apps within it. And they are super light and they last pretty long their battery life. Well, Acer's gonna you know one up it. Well, it's gonna start at two hundred dollars, which is actually a pretty good decent price. Um, the specs are probably mid range mostly. And that's usually how they leave it. Now it starts with about 16 gigs of storage space in it, which is not bad, and about 2 gigs of RAM, which is okay. I usually want to go with 4. 4 is probably the bet, their best bet, or I would say 8 if you can actually swing that. Um, but what, what Acer does promise is that they want to have 12 hours of battery life on this, which is actually really good because if you look at most laptops you're lucky to get four maybe eight out of it and this does way more uh, but yeah if you were in the market for a laptop and you really just surf the net and that's kind of sort of the internet net surf the wide web whatever you would call it but that's really your primary like purpose for it or if you're a student going to uh, primary school or K through 12 uh, that's that's what they're probably going to use in school, so it's another good thing to look at as well. I've, and this is, I got lucky on this one, I beta tested or tested the Chromebook before it came out to market. I've seen the change on it. It's very robust, very good uh, operating system. It has little to no viruses or none. It also uses a kernel of Linux, which is another operating system that is open source. So... I mean, what, what's the lose? It's not Windows, so you don't have to be like, ah, Windows, why? You don't have to do that anymore. Uh, but, I mean, what do you have to lose? To be honest with you, if you are not very tech savvy, this is probably a good thing to look at as well. The only downside is that you have to be near Wi-Fi or internet connection to actually use it well. Uh, so that's the only downside about it. But beyond that, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I've, I'm on my second Chromebook because... Apparently, updating my first Chromebook that I got for free bricked it, or as if you don't understand the term bricking, means it won't turn on anymore. It's useless. It's like a brick. Yay. Uh, but yeah, that's that's really what it is. So yeah, uh, if you can pick up the laptop for $200 and get 12 hours of battery life, what's, you can't lose on that one. All right, eBay has announced, well, they're making a uh, new site. It's got, it includes a visual search engine. Ooh. But it's called eBay Collective, and this is more for the high-end uh, 
buyers and shoppers and makers. Uh, but yeah, it's basically allowing you to shop by room. Uh, you can do different types of very expensive paintings to very expensive furniture. And uh, it's got about 21 dealers on board with this as well. Uh, it's also streamlining the freight, so it's going to be more of... Um, not Well, it's going to be pricey freight, to be honest with you, because these are very expensive furniture that you were actually buying. But... If you have the money, what does it matter? Because you're buying all this stuff. What? Uh, but yeah, it's going to be the very high-end crowd. So if you are going to go here and you don't have the money for it, I would just leave. Or you can, you know, be envious and be like, one day I'm going to get all that stuff in that picture. And I'll be like, sure, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. That's, that's what I would do. I mean, why not? tell people to you know be rich or be successful yeah sometimes being rich isn't always great i wouldn't know so don't ask me um but anyways uh ebay also has recently launched ebay wine so you can pick up all your wine needs through ebay as well this is just another way for them to you know branch out and uh you know be more than just what ebay is and it's ebay as a platform is still really great but they need to find other ways of maximizing their profits and making sure that they are going to different sectors because other companies are encroaching on them too. So you have that as well. I mean, this is just the natural order of things, unfortunately, in business. You have to watch out for that. All right, are you a parent that uh, is looking for a tablet for their kid and don't know quite what to get yet? Well, you're in luck. PBS is making it, They're debuting their own tablet called Playtime Pad. Yes. And it will be all full of PBS apps because it's a PBS thing. Uh, but the specs are uh, they're, they're 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 okay. There's 16 gigs of rent of um, of uh, of hard drive space plus a 1.3 uh, quad core processor as well. It's a seven inch screen. And, uh, well, it's got 16 gigs of flash memory, so it's got 16 gigs of RAM. I'm actually surprised about that because you usually don't see that big RAM. That's a lot of RAM. I've seen about eight. This is quite a woohoo for PBS. I actually thought that was a mistype, but yeah, it's 16 gigs of RAM with 16 gigs of flash memory. Memory's kind of low, um, but it's running Android 6.0. Uh, which is the current one that most phones have right now. 7.0 just kind of recently launched, so it's going to be behind soon. Just so you know about that. The great thing about this as well is it has um, easy-to-use parental controls as well. Um, so for the customized experience with a lot, with allowing or per, uh, blocking uh, streaming videos, online games, and installed apps, and the ability to set daily usage time limits and the hours when the tablet can be used. So you don't always have to be, you know, hovering over your kid's shoulder being like, oh, so you're using it now, huh, when I told you not to. You can have the tablet tell them that. Be like, nope, can't use me. Sorry. Nope. Nope. Can't do it right now. Now you got to do something else. Go um, water the plants or whatever. The only weird thing about that is that Amazon has kind of the same thing with their uh, their flagship Fire tablets. And they're a little bit cheaper, the PBS Playtime. There's not really much of a difference because the 16 gig version of the Fire Kids Edition is $100, but the Playtime is $80. So there is a difference. I would be a little skeptical about this because you have to see if uh, PBS will be supporting it 
just as much as um, other tablet makers do as well as it means updating it to 7.0. Plus, when it's a custom Android, it takes a little a lot longer to actually update it because you not only have uh, Android update, but also their own stuff as well. So it does take a, quite a bit longer. Um, so it's all depending. But if you look at it, it's about 20 bucks cheaper. So it also has, um, you know, the rubber... Uh, bumpers as well so it's very kid friendly and kid proof for the most part um so if you are looking for something i would look into this it's called the pbs playtime pad uh you know it's all things pbs all right here's an interesting thing that i actually kind of think is actually really cool so zip whip uh well it nabbed a lot of money or pretty good sized money from microsoft and others about nine million um, but it's actually going to allow landlines to send and receive SMS texts. And so thing is, is that most consumers or regular people really are getting rid of their landlines because they don't see use for them. However, a lot of businesses still have landlines. And so customers don't know if you can, if you have a landline or not. But usually you're like, if you're in the U.S., yes, businesses have landlines. So you can't text them. Well, with ZipWhip, you actually can. And that's... An, a cool thing about it. Now there's been another one that can do that, but that is bought. That was bought by Salesforce, and so there is a growing demand of this, especially since there's a lot of businesses that still use landline and being able to send a text message through the site to actually do this is another really great win because you don't have to give everybody mobile phones, which is really more expensive. Uh, but that's that's another thing. Also, they're looking at for doing for landlines is doing kind of an SSL certificate. So, what those that is, if you're like, what does SSL certificate actually mean? Well, it's basically a way of securing your uh, website. For so instead of HTTP, it's HTTPS, and it's got a little green lock meaning it's secure. Uh, so that's another thing to look. That's another thing they're actually trying to do. So making sure that they're verified businesses because you get a lot of those phone calls now from the IRS saying that they're going to sue you. And then you're look, reading, hearing the message going, why does it sound so robotic? Yeah, this is fake. Uh, so this is another great thing of just making sure that you're talking to an actual business and not an actual scam. Because nowadays it's becoming harder and harder for people to tell the difference. So that's what I like about what they're also doing as well. That's actually a really cool thing that I think actually could uh, be a really good thing of saying this is a certified legit business that you're texting and so you aren't like texting some weird um, scam artist that's trying to mimic a business, a reputable business, because that's always a huge issue. Now, the pricing is going to be a few t tiers. So it's $20 a month for basic services and $100 a month for the business service covering more text, more devices, and more people. There's also an enterprise tier based on the company size for larger customers. So depending on how big you are, you can figure it out. But if you are a B2C or business to customer, I would actually look at that and see if this actually would be a good thing for you. If not, then don't use it. You don't have to. I'm not pulling your leg. I'm not pulling it. I'm not pulling it at all. All right, everybody. Um, Internet of Things. Really cool thing. You got smartwatches. You got all these other different type of inventions from Nest, from smart TVs, from smart 
fridges that will tell you when you're running out of things. The problem is with these is that, well, they don't have the best security. That's the biggest problem with all these is that they don't have the best security. I've seen reports over reports of, well, Nest being hacked in under 10 seconds, smart TVs not knowing when you're being hacked, if you're 3,000 miles away or three feet away, which can be a big thing. And plus you won't know. Plus ransomware that can be installed onto the smart TV saying, hey, we'll unlock your TV unless you, in, but you have to give us $100 in iTunes gift cards. So there's a lot of that stuff. So if you're looking to jump into that, I would not look into jumping into it right now because the problem with it is that there's no security protocols with this. It's just we've been turning it out and not really having great things. The only one that I would actually do is probably uh, smartwatches because it uses Bluetooth, which is not, which is a little bit more secure than uh, your Wi-Fi. But even though you can have Wi-Fi, but the problem is that I would limit the smart technology that you use or the Internet of Things until better security protocols are in place. Like I said, I would use a smartwatch, but that's about it. I would be wary of nest even though it's great great thermostat i would still be worried about it because it can be hacked in 10 seconds and then they can figure out what's going on with your house and either turn it really cold or really hot because they already hacked it and they can control that so be careful about that all security experts uh foresee that uh these attacks will be increasing over the next 10 years so businesses tech companies your mission, and you need to choose to accept this, is to make better security protocols for the Internet of Things. That's all I'm saying about that. All I'm saying. All right, moving on to, uh, well, Google's graveyard. Uh, since 2016 is rapidly ending, uh, Google, well, Google has, you know, gotten rid of a few things that scratch your head, a few things like, oh, that makes sense. So the first one is, well, Google Hangouts on air is gone. Uh, it's kind of been rebranded a little bit into more YouTube Live because YouTube is their primary thing. Google Plus, well, <laughs> it had a lot of potential. To be honest with you, I didn't think it was a terrible social network. The problem was when it launched right out of the gate, it looked way too much like Facebook, and that was and that's the problem with it. It was too much of a Facebook, and it needed to be its own thing. Eventually, over time, it actually got better, but still, no one. The user base dwindled or not a lot of people were using it. Uh, the time that they spent on it was not that much, so on and so forth. So it's still, there's still a lively community. I'm not saying that it's completely dead, but it's not as many users as, let's say, Facebook or any of the other ones. So they have, as of September 12th, repurposed it into more YouTube Live. And, well, that's that's what it is for right now. So that's one of them. The other one is the Nexus line. Yes, the Nexus line is basically almost no more. Starting off with HTC is the first one to actually make the Nexus line. And then Samsung did it as well and did a really good one and so on and so forth. And this year is going to be the Pixel. Now it is kind of cool that Google has brought in HTC to make the first Pixel phones because they made the first Nexus line but they are no more. Even though I like the branding of Nexus a lot more than Pixel, I'm not Google, even though I wish I was part of Google. So Google, if you're listening to this, yes, I'm available to hire. Because <laughs> uh, you do need branding help, to be honest with you. You've got way too many uh, pokers in the fire. And you like to poke, poke, poke. We're beta testing, poke. 
Anyways, we also have Google. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher this because I'm terrible at doing names or titles or brands. Um, sometimes. Uh, Picasa. Uh, well, it basically um, it bought it off and then uh, it's, it basically integrated with or made it part of Google Plus with Google Photos and then basically kill off it entirely and then Google Photos became its own and broke off from Google Plus because I'm still probably going to say it now. I've been holding off from saying it, but Google Plus will probably be no more eventually uh, because, well, it's not a priority for Google anymore, to be honest with you. They don't talk about it very much because <laughs> it's like the ugly, ugly stepchild. If you're the ugly stepchild, I'm sorry because you're not, but Google Plus is. So I'm saying. Also, Project Ara, which I was not really happy that they actually stopped doing it because it seemed like it had a lot of potential in it. What it was, which is a modular phone, so you would buy kind of like the base, which is the screen, and then you would, you know, put more RAM, put a different CPU, put a better camera, better speaker, whatever you wanted to do. Uh, it was up to you. It was kind of like building your own custom uh, desktop, but unfortunately, it looks like Google just didn't find a reason for it and they kind of just went eh, we're done so it kind of does live off from Motorola in a way with the Moto Z but it is officially no more which like I said it hurts it hurts my heart it really does it really hurts my heart because I was really excited for this and they just ended it this is why sometimes I hate Google this is one of the reasons why also, Chrome apps for Mac, Windows, and Linux are going to eventually die by early 2018. So you got a, a little over a year. Uh, but yes, uh, this 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 was eventual. Eventually, this is going to happen because uh, you got extensions. You also got uh, Google doing Chrome OS plus the tight integration with uh, Android is just going to make it more of a business sense of not just putting it onto other platforms and really uh, investing more in your operating system in general. So there's that, so bye-bye. Um, but there's also the wiping of uh, Adobe Flash because it, it needs to be gone forever. It's, it's terrible. My tracks. Uh, this was kind of a way for, uh, you know, tracking your activity uh, and kind of a way of doing Google Fit, but precursor of Google Fit. So, um, it was doing that for a while and then kind of, you know, just came together with a Google Fit. But this is kind of a way, way of tracking what, what you were doing and what you were walking and, you know, an activity tractor. Tracker. Tractor beat. No, tracker. But yeah, that's another one that we saw go bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. But yeah, it's gone. Also, Google Compare. Now, Google Compare was kind of a, more of a beta testing type of a platform where it allowed you to compare um, mortgages with different types of companies. Well, unfortunately, it didn't really take off as well as it hoped, and, well, it, it's gone. Bye-bye. And also, which I talked about last week, was uh, Panoramia. Uh, this was kind of a way for uh, users to actually take pictures of different sites and upload it on Google Maps. But since they made tools for Google Maps, they finally decided to close it officially. So I'm sorry for you users. However, if you do have a Google Plus account, they will transfer over all your photos to Google Plus account. If you don't, just get one so you can transfer over your photos. It's easy as that. But yes, you do have a time limit until November 4th, so it's rapidly coming up. So do it quickly or forever lose it. 
forever lose it. All right, Google and Facebook are building, well, a faster trans-Pacific cable. Yes, they're building an 8,000 mile long cable from Hong Kong to Los Angeles uh, by 2018, and this will have faster data connections between the two. Um, and this will just will just help the connections be a lot faster. Now, Facebook is getting involved with it as one of the major investors. Well, because it's going to probably be using it quite heavily because, I mean, Facebook is one of the most or the most popular social network right now that could always change eventually. Uh, but, yeah, it's just one of those things where they're actually building it. And, you know, what? more kudos to them to actually doing that. And this will also branch out Google Fiber, which Google its own Google Internet service, which I come to California, Southern California, specifically in, around that area. Disneyland area. I'm not telling you specifically where I'm at. Disneyland area. Come around there. Yes, please. Because you are probably one of the better internet service around. Yeah, there's uh, Time Warner Cable, a.k.a. Spectrum, as it's called now, is pretty good. Um, but a lot of internet service providers suck. Sorry, I'm going to have to say it. You suck. Stop with the data caps. We haven't had data caps since the internet. And no, we kind of did with AOL. Uh, but after dial-up, we didn't. And then all of a sudden, eh, we, we, we want more money. So data caps. Data caps for everybody. And everybody's like, yay, I didn't ask for this. Anyways, uh, that's what it is. It's going to have uh, pretty good pretty good data transfers, which is always a good thing. Always. Basically, what it's going to do is 120 terabits per second. So it's above gigabits per second. It's going to be a lot of data transfer, but that's just going to be faster connections, more media being transferred over faster, and just a good thing for, if, well, not really everybody. Maybe everybody. It's Let's see and hold off from that. But it's going to favor Google and Facebook quite a bit because the global domination that they're going to do, or maybe just buy each other out, that could happen. Not really. Not, not for a while, at least, uh, unless Facebook really does terribly. It's going to happen for a while. All right, moving on to, uh, well, it always happens. It collides every once in a while. Politics and tech. So I am neither supporter of neither candidate, neither Trump nor Hillary. I am never happy about the media. Well, portraying Trump as a terrible person, portraying Hillary as the savior of democracy, which, well, she's not in the least, even in the least sense, she's not even close. Um, the problem I have is that I, I'm not like the other tech outfits. I do not subscribe to the more left, but not very liberal side of it. It's more the progressives, but you will probably hear the term regressives quite a bit. The problem is because lately people have focused more on race, sex, gender than they have of ideas and thoughts. And I care more about your ideas and your thoughts than if you're black, white, Asian. Mexican. I don't care. I don't care about that. If you have great thoughts, I want to listen to you. I'll listen to you all day if you have awesome thoughts and we can kind of get along. Or if you have opinion, opposing opinions and I really want to listen to it anyways because I really want to make my argument stronger or learn something new. That's my thing about it. So Peter Thiel is a very uh, influential person in Silicon Valley. However, he's a Trump supporter. And, well, Trump has been in the news. Well, he's always in the news because he's always doing something wrong. And, well, 
luckily, somebody from Silicon Valley has said, you know what, we're still going to stand by him even if he's bankrolling Donald Trump. Yes, he put $1.2 million into Donald Trump. Now, whether you like him or not is irrelevant. How we do business is that people have different opinions, different ideas, right or wrong, left or right, black or non-black coffee, people have their opinions. They could be valid, they could not be valid. They could be solely based on facts or based on feelings. Uh, but we have to we have to work with people, no matter what. No matter what you are, no matter who you are, you have to work with people that are not for you. If you're working with people solely based on they agree with everything you say, there's something called groupthink, and groupthink is not a good thing. It can be a good thing sometimes, but a lot of the times it's not. What groupthink does is that everybody agrees on an idea, and it goes through. However, that could always not be a good thing because you're not coming up with, well, what's, what about this? What about that? So you're not coming up with opposing ideas. And, well, it could be a shame because you could be missing out on maybe some vulnerabilities with your idea as well. So my thing is that I'm glad that Sam Altman said that we are still standing by him. Even though I don't agree with him, I'm still standing by him because he probably is good for business. He probably has good business sense. And you know what? We don't agree on everything. The problem is with some of his language was that we needed him to see the light. What light? I've seen so many wiki links about what Hillary has done that it would it makes my head spin how much they put her in an angelic light of she will save the American Republic. I will not say democracy because we're not a democracy. <laughs> yes, please look that up. There is a difference. But the light of saving the American Republic when all these WikiLinks are coming out that make her look like she is the most corrupt out of all of them. I'm not saying that Trump is great either. And you know what? Frankly, I could care less what he says in private. That's his own private things. Who cares? I'm not I'm not electing a saint. I'm electing someone to run for office. I'm electing someone who will be smart, think smart, do really good trade deals, make sure we aren't having bad deals, or at least trying to renegotiate to, you know, leverage it so we have a better deal. That's what I'm trying to do. Also trying to make sure that they have a strong foreign policy, making sure they are trying to um, support competitive or com competition between companies and not having these artificial lines that actually is an antithesis of it. This is who I want to vote for. I don't want to vote for somebody that wants to regulate more. Regulation usually means that we're going to have more taxes because more people means more payroll, means the government has to pay them, which means that we are burdened with paying for them. So this is, this is my thing about what's going on. And yes, I've been very hotly about it because I do not like either one of them. I will be the first one to say... I agree with only some things Trump says, and it's very few things I agree with. A, and I'll tell you specifically, the one thing I agree with him on is healthcare, of eliminating uh, artificial state lines and just letting businesses compete with each other. I agree with that 100% because the Affordable Healthcare Act has not worked. It's not affordable. We all know this. <laughs> Look at healthcare plans. We go, do I have to take out a loan just to actually buy healthcare? But... I digress and move on to if you think that you are always going to work with everybody that agrees with you, you are living in your la-la land and you need to stop. We all have different opinions and tech needs to actually 
come out and say, hey, look, we have a diverse in thought following. We need to, you know, celebrate that a little bit more than we have. All this thing about how we need to help out, how we need to make funding fair. Seriously, life isn't fair. I don't know why I have to keep on saying this cliche. It's not fair. It sucks sometimes. It sucks that you get rejected or you rejected more than the other guy. It's happened to me. I one time went to 85 interviews in three months. It was brutal. Yeah, I got nose so many times. It sucks. It really does. And we just have to live that. We have to find better ways of uh, communicating our message, finding better ways of branding ourselves, finding better ways of doing that. Failures can actually come with success once you learn how to do it. But my problem is, is that we have this mindset nowadays, and tech has helped, that we only listen to our own ideas or the ones we believe in, and we don't listen to others' ideas because they are wrong at all the time. And that's that's a shame because you're going to miss out on learning about a different viewpoint, learning about a different perspective, and understanding your own argument in general. And that's what all I have to say about that. You want know to be honest with you, Peter has his own money. He can deal with it with his own money. I don't understand this outrage of, ah, you're using your money on ways that I don't want you to use it. It's not your money. It's his money. He can do what he wants with it when he wants with it. You are not the beholder of his money. Stop. Every time a CEO does something with his own money, like, oh, how dare they? I'm like, did he use his own money? Well, yeah. Well, you have no say over what he does. You can complain about it, but you have no say over that. That's not yours. You should not boycott a company because one one employee that's on top decides to use his own money, and you're going to be like, ah, I'm going to get back at him by hurting the rest of the employees because that makes complete sense. Anyways, moving on. I know it's kind of a weird transition moving on, but moving on to um, sites, apps, programs you should try this week. All right, Facebook launched Facebook Design to have articles, videos, resources made by designers at Facebook so you can find ways of, well, how to use iOS 10 GUI phone to uh, a DIY design education to how we change the uh, Facebook friends icon to... A peek inside Facebook design critique, anything to help you learn how to be a better designer in general or just learn new things. So why not? I mean, this is not a bad thing. Anyways, also, uh, there's a new WordPress theme called Created Themes that will allow you to supposedly well, grow your online traffic. Now, it's not free, um, but if you want to grow your traffic and have it look very themey with different little blocks... Uh, it's all right. To be honest with you, it's okay. Um, but there's different packages, so it starts at $159 for the complete package. Standard package is $79, and the starter pack is $29. Um, so if you're looking for ways to you know just start up your site, this could be a way. Uh, I'm. Eh, it it could work. It could not. All right, you're looking for ways to easily uh, sync your browsing and uh, do remote sync inspections, that's checking for bugs, and compile and refresh. Well, Ghost Lab is for you, and it's basically a way for you to, you know, kind of sync your uh, web development, see if it's all working on different types of screens, from Android to uh, iOS to tablets to phones to uh, laptops and desktops. 
in general. So if you're looking for a way of doing it really easily, this is the way to do it. Uh, standard individual license is $49, so it's not free. All right, there's a new Android app for you guys called Paranoid Fans, and this is a way for you to, you know, have a Waze-like uh, app for sports fans. It's about GPS location with pictures and stuff, and you can see where you're, well, where fans like you are going or at or at the game, and you're envious of them at the game. So just check it out. It's called Paranoid Fan. And all right, that's the end of Digital Coffee, and I am all out of coffee at the same time, too. I hope you are, too. Anyways, um, be sure to follow Digital Coffee on iTunes, Stitcher. Well, that's really to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in in Pocket Cast as well. Uh, also, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, DigitalCO77EE. Same at Periscope. Facebook, Digital Coffee Podcast. Instagram, Digital Coffee Podcast. YouTube, Digital Coffee Podcast. Find it, digital.coffee. Player.me, Digital Coffee. And if you like these podcasts, please consider supporting me on Patreon and Podbean. I have both sites up for that as well. Also, uh, check out the Shopify at store.digitalcoffeepodcast.com for all the you know latest apparel that I have made. It's pretty good stuff there. Just check it out. All right, guys. Join me on Wednesday when I talk about marketing blend and all things that are going on in marketing. All right, guys. Have a good Tuesday. Later.